Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, rugby fans. Welcome to another great episode of the Rugby Rant Run, Pass, or Kick interview with myself, Ty Brogger, your host for today's activities alongside the familiar face of Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. And joining us as the man of the hour, man of the match, so to speak, we have Tim Falcon, of course, from Nola Gold. Tim, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Ty and Rob. I'm very excited to be on tonight from down here in, in New Orleans. So we're uh, excited to share some uh, some, some some of the stuff that's going on and uh, answer some questions. Well, that's exactly what the run parcel kick has been developed for. And if you are tuning in for the first time, perhaps I'm going to hand it over to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt to let you know how it works. So Rob, take the floor. So thanks time. First of all, I want to give a shout out to all our friends down in new Orleans, uh, Benji, um, Doug, uh, my man, Adrian, I know you guys are all watching, so uh, I hope you enjoy this one. This one's for you guys. Big shout out to y'all. So for those of you guys who have not seen Run, Pass, or Kick or unfamiliar with the format, we're going to ask the questions of Tim, and we're going to provide him an option to run, pass, or kick. So if uh, Tim chooses to run with a question, that means he's going to answer it straight up and take the ball right up the gut. If he chooses to pass a question, it simply means it's a little hot question, so he's going to dish it off to one of the centers and let them have a crack and just not answer or if he decides to kick, he wants to put us in the back foot, make us play a little offense, and um, we're going to answer in a way that we think uh, he would answer. And then he can go ahead and give us an evaluation, grade us out on our ability to play that ball. So, Tim, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge? Let's go. Let's rock on, guys. All right. I, I got to tell you, I had to dig deep for this question, and I worked – and it, it, I used all my resources in my arsenal for this one because you're a tough nut to crack, my friend. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to paint a scenario for you. Let's just say, I don't know, you've decided to travel away to a rugby tournament, oh, say, in Saranac Lake, and you're whoring yourself out with another friend from the bayou um, for a Montana team. And, you know, you're, you're uh, three points down and you're right there for a scrum right on the five meter line. And you've got to get that pack ready to go to win a ball and try to put that uh, ball right over the try line and score, try to win the final match of the tournament and uh, bring a lot of joy to the, to, to, to the team you're whoring with. So what I want to know is how would you get that team, that pack fired up and ready to get a pushover try? <laughs> so we call that the, uh, the swamp creature move. So <laughs> <laughs> that's I'll, I'll i will uh i will run with this one okay awesome and um so so the, the move is we call it the swamp creature move and basically we uh th this happened over in uh, aspen we had a tournament and had a bunch of the young new orleans guys and they were like uh so so what is that coach and i said we basically just push the other other team over the ball and we ended up taking it against the head and and won that game against kansas city blues so just go ahead and put the swamp creature on them Okay. Now, uh, I got to know, is there a song that goes along with this? Because from what I understand, there was a 
some kind of chant or song. I maybe I'm wrong here. Uh, you, I'll see. Let me run with this one. Let me see if I can come up with it. So it was a uh, Craig Goche back into the '90s, I think. About swamp creature, main feature, gather around, I'll be your feature. Oh, <laughs> jump! <laughs> Here we go. I think we're saying like the same language now. <laughs> Is that the one you're looking for? That is the one I'm looking for. Now you're speaking my language. I like it. I've never, hey, I get that kind of uh, wonderful uh, merriment and song in the rugby community. Look, we, um, we've been playing with these guys from LSU since the, the late 70s. We've, we've been very creative and, and had a lot of good fun over the Well, it sure sounds like it. It sounds like you're bringing that fun on the road quite often, my friend. <laughs> So speaking of the Bayou, because we're hitting real close there, run, pass, or kick, uh, with all due respect to the folks in the Bayou, NOLA is not really known as a hotbed for rugby in the United States compared to places like New York City, California, and Colorado. Run, pass, or kick, what made you think that pro rugby could make it in the Crescent City? So I'll run with that one. Um, you know, New Orleans is a great sports town. You know, it, it, comparatively, it's uh, you know it's it's right up there for for a small for a small city. Comparatively, we've you know we've got two major league teams. We've got some great sports fans. People you know just just go nuts over football. South Louisiana, they they love people tackle each other. You know, Bobby Abert reminds us of that. So um, you know, when we do have a strong community, we've had rugby at LSU for fifty years and, and SLU and, and UL Lafayette. So there's been a lot of rugby around. And there's been some good teams, not not big numbers of teams, but but really good teams. So, you know, we just we decided to take the passion and bring it to some passionate people, and and uh, you know, so far we're we're making a lot of headway. Yeah, absolutely. And if and for those MLR fans that are out there, or fans of other teams, if you don't get a chance to check out uh, a NOLA game on TV or even go down there and visit in person, um, you guys do a great thing with the second line. It really brings that, um, you know, the spirit of New Orleans alive at every single game. It's awesome to see in it. And for me, it, it's what makes the a whole NOLA rugby experience an enriched experience for, for being involved as a fan. Yeah, you know, Benji, uh, Benji started, Benji Haswell started when we were still at the uh, our former stadium at the high school over there at Shaw. And it turned out so well, we decided for, for every game, before the game, we'll have a party shack and we'll have a, a brass band and they'll lead us all our fans up into the stadium. It's a great experience. That's right. awesome. That's definitely one of the things that I find so attractive about uh, the energy around the team at NOLA is uh, the fanfare, uh, the vibe, almost festival-like. Almost it catches the essence of, uh, of where you are. Um, you had an interesting uh, mention there a moment ago from your uh, previous stadium, you know, uh, the uh, Zimmerman, right? So – I had a question to be able to follow up on that one. So run, pass, or kick. And uh, let me read my notes over here. So in 2020, NOLA had moved from the Joe Zimmerman Stadium at Archbishop Shaw High School uh, to what is now the Shrine on Airline or otherwise known as the Gold Mine, right? How critical was this in, well, how critical was this move in your plans for the franchise uh, of rugby in New Orleans? Okay, I'll, I'll run with that one, Ty. Um, it, it, it was a God's. You know, we, we we had a place to start and, and, and you know, thank thank the people at Shaw High School and, and thank the committee that put that together and allowed us allowed us to play there. And, and you know, like it was a, a nice little over there. But we uh, 
soon as we heard the baby cakes were leaving, we got in touch with the LSAD who runs the stadium and told them we're, we're here, we're available, and uh, they they needed a tenant, and so it's it's worked out. It, you know, it, uh, obviously it's elevated the fan experience, it's elevated how we look on TV, it's given us 10,000 seats compared to, to 3,000, just all those, and, you know, the amenities are there, and, you know, going forward, we're going to be a, an anchor tenant, and they're going to keep making that place nicer and nicer for rugby. Excellent to hear. Yeah. And, you know, it had been one of those stadiums that while it was almost repurposed, has become its purpose solely for rugby. So it's great to be able to see that uh, that change. And of course, for you to be able to find an even greater, bigger home. Yep. So um, moving along, you know, it's interesting this week, a huge announcement. Obviously, the league pushed it out yesterday. Um, and we recently discussed on the rugby rant uh, the question of whether the league should start in February or start in April, given the COVID conditions that we're under. Um, and it's obviously, it's fortunate for us to be able to bring you on the show today on the heels of this major league uh, rugby announcement that in fact, rugby will resume March 20th. And we're all excited about that. So my question, run pass or kick, why was March decided to be the best date to start the season again, as opposed to something like February or April. And then I have a follow-up for that as well. Yeah, I'll run with that, Rob. You know, it's, you know, in this, in this crazy world, it's, it's a little bit of a guessing game. And at some point we just had to, to make a decision. We felt February was just a little too soon, uh, you know, especially maybe California and Washington State having a little more issues than some other ones. But it was just a little too soon to say we're definitely going to start then. Um, you know, do we push it back to April or, or May? You know, it's and so we settled on the end of March. And uh, we, we think that'll give everybody enough lead time. There's a lot going on in other pro sports. A lot of fans are starting to show up at stadiums. are starting to see what the impact's going to be. So we think six months will give us plenty of lead time to, to, to kind of figure this thing out. Yeah, and and um, it sounds like George and, and the ownership's across the league have been thinking about this and talking about it quite a bit. Um, and George has even mentioned on a few other podcasts, and this is my follow-up question. Um, what if we get in a similar situation in the spring and COVID is kind of really hampering things? Um, George suggested a, that there was a bubble scenario. Uh, run past her kick. What would the bubble scenario look like? Someone kicked out over the tie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Thanks, but no thanks. Um, <laughs> um, look, what I did like, though, is that George uh, Killebrew had mentioned um, going back to an interview that he had with Alex Magleby and then also was reiterated once again in this press release that they're looking at the best practices of what the other leagues are doing. So there's a lot of great lessons you can learn from already uh, with the NBA cycle and with this. So by the time we get to March, we should already have an even better understanding of what the opportunities will be, what the options will exist to us than we do today. So with each new month that passes by, we know a little bit more. Um, but I guess right now you need to be able to have plan A right through the alphabet, right? Because certainly every sports organization league around the world is affected in the same way as much as every citizen of the globe. So it's going to be an ever-present question I guess you'd have to look at a neutral venue and you'd have to look at a bubble scenario like the NBA has uh, has looked at already and has implemented to some success. You know, and, and I think a hybrid would be that can we find a city that can host fans and right. fans so that we, we still get that, that revenue stream. It's going to be important. 
Um, you know, we're working with some some broadcast partners to try to figure out if there's a better way to do it and get them more involved. So, you know, we've we, we, there are scenarios out there. And you know, as far as best practices, we work we work with the Tulane Institute of Sports Medicine. They're they're obviously doing Tulane football already. We have the SM uh, SMG people from that run the Superdome, and they're they're going to be involved with our stadium. So we we will have state of the art uh, science behind whatever we do to open up. And so I, I'm just you know. LSU's putting 25,000 people in Tiger Stadium this weekend. The Saints are bringing fans. We have some big experiments going on to see what's going to happen. Start having fun and getting back together. Excellent news, yeah. So, so Tim, I, I got to tell you, and, and you may or may not know this, I had plans to come down for the Toronto match last spring. And then, bam, <laughs> COVID hit right beforehand, and I was incredibly bummed out. So let me tell you, there is one guy right here that is already saving his dollars that is getting ready to come down. I'm just crossing my fingers that fans are able to get in to the gold mine to see the boys play. I'll be one of the biggest fans ready to go when that time comes. Right. I got to tell you. Yeah, look, we're encouraged. Our local government, the Jefferson Paris, they're, they're, they're being aggressive. They want to get people back here. We want tourists to come back. And good news today, the bars are opening back up in Jefferson Paris. So it's a good sign for us. Right. And it's just one further step in the right direction with every little milestone that we reach. But I can say, you know, again, now, because I've said it a few times already on our show, while 2020 is probably the most disappointing year for fans around the globe of any sport, 2021 promises to be the best yet. Right. (laughs) So Ty Ty had a hit on a really great point uh, for the next one, talking about great things for the league. Let's just take a little uh, look past um, at this spring. And one of the things the league did that was really interesting, especially for folks like Ty who are not used to the concept of a draft, um, it obviously brought a new wrinkle to rugby and a new wrinkle to Major League Rugby. And it provides a tremendous pathway and opportunity for young uh, young men to get a chance to play pro rugby. But it also asks many of them to move away from the life that they know for little money no guarantees and little family resources. So run pass or kick with this. What do you as an owner say to encourage players considering coming out in the 2021 draft? So I'll run with that. Um, look, we did it coming out of college and there was no money. Okay. We, we put some careers on hold and we did some different game that we love. You know, the advantage for these guys, they're getting into a professional setup. They are, you know, there will be some some compensation and an opportunity to to grow in a sport that's, you know, five six years. You know, they're, when they're starting to hit their prime, you know, the money the money's going to grow with the league. So, you you know, you taking you taking a risk with us. You know, obviously this is you know it's, it's risky business. You know, we're all jumping out there to make this happen. But, you know, if you love a sport and you've got with it, now's your chance. You know, look if you've you've got some big high paying job in New York to stay there that's that's just a personal decision you know but so far we've had great response i think there was two or three hundred you know uh, young men that jumped into the draft and, and we drafted a really nice class of, of kids and they're all very excited to be here. we love our two draft picks we know that yeah and and you got some really nice draft picks and and um what um brian nolt and andrew gara and and i'm excited to see one of my chicago boys andrew uh yeah. from from right up here in, in illinois in chicago um, signing with you guys. And of course you got some really nice free agent signings too um, with uh, Barry and um, was it, uh, well, there's two others um, that for some reason I'm forgetting. LSU. 
Yeah, Jack yeah. from LSU. So yeah, we're 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 you know, look. Yeah. We were, we were hoping to get the kid from Destrick, a local uh, player that actually got drafted by Utah. So we're super excited that a local high school kid was, you know, came out of the high school rugby program, ended up getting drafted in MLR. We were, we were kind of hoping we could, we could get him, but uh, we're, we're glad he's up there. Play. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just so all the fans know, I wore this jersey because uh, as of two days ago, Nola got a restock of the Mardi Gras jersey. It has to be one of the top selling jerseys uh, across all the MLR teams. It, it like sells out like hotcakes, it sells <laughs> out really quick. Uh, and and I noticed that Ty, uh, you're sporting some sweet um, sweet looking threads. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. Us a little so, bit about yours. You know, first of all, to touch on the topic about that Mardi Gras one. So our colleague, everybody will know who watches the show, Scott is of course a heavy Rooney supporter. But yet the only other jersey that he had actually bought was that Mardi Gras one. So it shows you how popular that that one is. And likewise, for the guys with Rugby Shop, uh, you know, they've been gracious enough to be able to give us some great stuff. This is one of those uh, really awesome hoodie. Of course, I hope to be able to use this when I get the opportunity to go up to Toronto. Maybe we'll have to plan that that road trip, right, Rob? Uh, so if you're not going down to NOLA, we're going up to oh, Toronto. No. Um, so I get to be able to put this to use. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a nice thing to be able to have an organization like that show support and help us do what we do. So if you've not yet had the opportunity to go and check it out, they have given us uh, a online store, not only for all of the MLR, um, or at least in the most part, it's also for the Rugby Rant itself. So go and check it out at the rugbyshop.com rugby rant and you can see what our merch line is and there's up to 20 percent off for those of you that want to take advantage of that and be a part of the culture uh, for mlr and likewise to be able to help us so again thanks for the opportunity to be able to bring that up and uh, another thing i wanted to be able to bring in to the conversation here if i'm going to throw the next question your way tim and i wanted to be able to present uh, this question and uh, let me find it again so run pass or kick recently the league, uh, sorry, recently the league uh, announced with a statement that the Canelova exclusive negotiating agreement had expired. Canelova responded with their own statement uh, expressing concerns about the COVID plans, governance, uh, policies, procedures, the financial performance of the league, where the state of the MLR is right now, essentially, in their mind at least. Uh, did Canelova, in your opinion, run parcel kick just simply fall short of what the expectation was, uh, was it too much too soon, or were some of their complaints legitimate, perhaps, and had some merit? Um, I'll, I'll run with it. Um, yes, they fell short, and no, their complaints are not legitimate. You know, obviously, COVID's COVID. I mean, the whole world's dealing with right. it. We're certainly ready and responding, and we'll be fine. Um, you know, other than that, this, this league has, has shown its its medal over four years. I mean, we're starting our fourth fourth year, and look, there's there's teams, uh, cities, groups on the country that are talking to us and 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 trying to get in. So we're you know we're we're bullish on rugby in America and MLR, and uh, it's it's unfortunate. I thought there were some good people. Uh, I love their concepts, and uh, it's just unfortunate it didn't work out. I was I was looking forward to having a team in Hawaii. Right. So, so essentially, a great idea that unfortunately just fell short. Um, but hopefully, you know, the door remains open for 2022. As you said, there's a long list of candidates that are lined up to be able to present a bid to join the league, which must bode well and show confidence, right? That's, that's it. 
Yeah, Tim, and I think a, a, another thing that shows confidence is the caliber of players that are coming to the United States to play in the league. So on this next one, uh, a little wrinkle with run, pass, or kick here. Uh, I'm going to identify some players' names, and you have the option of running, passing, or kicking with each player as to whether that player is going to be playing in NOLA or in the <laughs> league at some other team in the 2021 season. Don't kick it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready for this one? Because it's coming hot and fast. Sure, I'm ready for this one. But let's All, right. All right. All right. Ready? You can run past your kick in each name. Ready? First name, Blaine Scully. Run, not New Orleans. Not New Orleans. Okay. All oh, right. Interesting. Okay. It's still an answer. I like it. <laughs> I, I think the answer more is in what he didn't say. Can I, right. can I preface this on, you know, sometimes I'm surprised on who we signed because Fitz kind of lets me know afterwards. So. <laughs> like, so wait a minute. The guy writing the checks gets told after the fact and who he's going to be writing a check to, huh? Uh, hey, man, I just work here. <laughs> I just make sure that you keep going in the right direction. But some, sometimes, like, okay, Fitz, I'm, like, he's, I'm not Jerry Jones. Let me put it that way. So, right, well, I like it. You got, obviously like got that. good people around you that you trust, right? <laughs> so with, with that as a background, let's keep going. All right. All right. All right, here's the next one. DTH, Vander Merway. I'll pass. Pass. Okay. All right. Ready for this one? This is the one that intrigues me the most. Tristan Blewett. I'll, I'll, I'll run. Currently, there are no plans in New Orleans for Tristan to come back. Um, we have certainly stayed in contact with Tristan. Um, you know, his, his, he's made some personal decisions uh, when he returned to South Africa that just decided not to come back to MLR. Um, I know of him, no word of him going anywhere else. So uh, the door is open for Tristan in New Orleans. Let me say that. Okay. That's what I like to hear. I like to hear that. All right. Ready? Uh, last one here. Chris Wiles. I'll have, well, I'll, I'll run, but saying I, I have no idea what Chris is going to do or not do. I don't, I haven't heard any rumors or anybody telling me he's signing somewhere. So I'll, you know, without, without just completely passing on it, I'll let you know that I'm, I'm ignorant of where's Chris going. Or okay. If, so you, that's you got, a watch this space scenario. You got some intel for me? <laughs> well, like we said, we we try and do our best research, and all we came out with is the uh, the swamp song thing. <laughs> so obviously, we're not very good. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting that you what you say, and it, it's interesting to be able to see the names that are being thrown around in the league. Obviously, we've you know it's grown in stature year after year, uh, which we'll touch on in a moment's time. Uh, and Rob, if I may jump into the next question here, which I have. Uh, uh, to be able to share on our details, run, pass, or kick, as per usual, Tim. The Gold have been very active during the offseason. GM Ryan Fitzgerald uh, has brought a very balanced approach to their player personnel decisions. Uh, he re-signed core players like J.P. Eloff, Ignacio Dotti, uh, Nick Feeks, you know, the list continues. Uh, new signings such as uh, Damian Stevens, Devin Short, uh, tremendous signing, of course, young player, wonderful talent coming across in San Diego, of course. Um, you know, the list can go on with rookies, as Robert mentioned through the draft. You've got Brian Nolt. So there's been a lot of, let's say, activities and announcements, positive, of course, being able to bring together that team that what 
may very well suggest what the starting lineup could be for 2021. So my question lies here. Can we expect some key additional signings prior to the start of the season for Nola Gold? Yeah, you didn't you did mention Ron, uh, Juan Capiello coming from Argentina. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So there is a potential blockbuster. But I like we can't, the sound of that. Can't talk about it now. We're hoping to make an announcement in uh, less than a week or two. So Fitz, Fitz is doing his work. He's, uh, he's, he's sharpening up his pencil and we hope to have a big announcement. Um, it's it's still contingent on a couple a uh, couple things falling the right way, so we're not gonna we're not gonna mention any names yet. Okay, so Tim, here's my question. Then, okay, in order to interview this potential blockbuster uh, uh, player to be signed, will I have to learn a new language? And if I do, <laughs> what language is it? <laughs> I like that. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we like the spirit though because you do it with a smile in your face and again that's a credit to you as somebody who's so heavily entrenched in uh the, the building blocks of this league we appreciate that and we also respect that sometimes you just can't say more than you actually want to say <laughs> so yeah. I um, i'm right already so yeah <laughs> we're okay with that by the way we're completely okay with that <laughs> so, you know, um, I want to stick with that theme of the no gold and focus what you know best, which is your own team as the owner. Um, run, pass, or kick with this question. What are the three biggest challenges for a franchise like the NOLA gold moving into the 2021 season? So, uh, you know, if we're talking about on a kind of a macro level, you know, from the business standpoint, we just got to keep selling tickets. You know, we got to keep putting more and more people in the fans. We've got to become more relevant in the, in you know, New Orleans, again, great sports market, great sports fans, but a lot of them still don't understand rugby. And, you know, I, I went into a restaurant the day and guy said, yeah, I kind of came to a game and I wish I knew more about it. So, you know, we, we've started a, what we call a series of one, rugby one oh ones where any group from five, <coughs> five, <coughs> sorry, Five to hundred people that want to sit down and learn more about rugby. Our coaches and players do about a twenty-minute presentation. They've been, you know, we've got a goal of touching four thousand people before the season, and we've gotten to about uh, over six hundred already. So we're we're moving along there. Um, New Orleans, we need more kids playing rugby. Uh, we we don't have a big enough youth program, so that's a big big push from our from our side is to reach into all these neighborhoods, get a lot of these great athletes that are in New Orleans. And it's funny because I've been, you know, around rugby since, you know, way back in the 70s. My sons all played high school rugby. And typically down here, the football coaches would just push us away. They didn't want the football players playing rugby. They didn't want to hear about it. You know, there's, there's a bunch of stories there. But just recently, when we go in with, with Nate Osborne and Ryan Fitzgerald, it's like a switch went off. The coaches have, have changed their minds. They're welcoming us in. They want, they want us to have uh, rugby programs in the spring for their football players. So, we're really excited about being able to bring these great uh, Louisiana athletes into the game. So that, that's, that's a big push for us. You know, on the player person side, we're, we're just really excited. I think we've got, a, you know, got great leadership in our head coach. The, the only coach has been here since the beginning. Ryan Fitzgerald does a great right. job. Not only great players, but just good characters. You know, these guys are, are you know, they, 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 they still live the rugby ethos. They know what it's all about. And um, so we're, we're excited about that. You know, it's, we, we just we just got to get them get them ready, bring in some new talent, and get them assimilated and get ready to play. 
Hey, I, I got to tell you, um, Tim, I was super excited. Uh, I think it was two weekends ago. Maybe it was just last Friday. Um, I joined the Rugby 101 um, social on a Friday evening, uh, grabbed uh, a cold one on my own fridge, joined in, joined in with Benji and a lot of other uh, big fans down in NOLA. And I got to talk with one-on-one with Cam Dolan. I mean, he's freaking Captain America. What a great experience it was for me to be able to connect one of the guys that I really like to watch it with a, 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 a three-try score on his freaking birthday, that kind of guy. Um, and I, it was a great opportunity experience. And, and as a fan of NOLA, I want to say thank you. Absolutely. Give me that chance. You know, just, just another, you know, great character, good, good, good person. And obviously the rugby resume just goes on and on. We're, we're really blessed to have him here. Um, you know, just, just become another one, a part of the family down here. We really, he's starting becoming ingrained in oil and culture. We're trying to get him to get a house and find him a brown eyed Cajun girl somewhere down the road. Or, so tim i'm gonna jump in here with a question from one of those that are watching at home of course you know we are live and we like to be able to field one or two questions from our viewers and this one comes from Susie uh, delgado as you can see uh, the message on the screen there very simply run pass or kick on this one for us tim when can we expect the schedule to come out for 2021 so we're gonna run with that we're we're hoping the next two to three weeks um, we're running some iterations right now of how it's going to look. Um, some of the teams are moving up their stadium, uh, getting, getting some nicer venues. So they got to finish those stadium deals so we know when they're available. So, But the league office is already starting to run the, the computer models of what it's going to look like. So we hope within two to three weeks. Fantastic. It sounds like there's a lot of big, exciting stuff coming up within the next month at least. Yep, yep. Hits keep on coming. Keep watching. Right. So- I also- I'm uh, sorry, Rob, to jump in there just for a moment. And I didn't want to distract from that train of conversation you had about rugby development. Um, and Rob had spoken about that 101. Now, when I was doing some of my research, and I want to just really give you an open format to discuss this one for, uh, because it's important. And we speak about rugby development in particular youth. So correct me if I'm wrong, through our research, we had found out that you had the idea, the goal, the mindset that you want to be able to bring in at least a hundred rugby youth programs. Uh, is that right? And if so, can you tell us more about that? So the number started out with 50. So we're at 50. Okay. Uh, 50 with at least 20, 25 kids per program. Um, yeah. We, you know, we just, we've been working hard to have kids play rugby in our area. It's just, you know, we, we, we just need to double up our effort. And now that we have a professional staff and some more resources, we're going to throw them into it. And, and again, we've gone to the both Orleans and Jefferson Parish, and they're both opening up the recreation department to us. The schools are opening them up to us. People are, are, are ready for the content. Um, you know, we've got a lot of neighborhoods in New Orleans that we're going to go into and help some kids that, that are maybe not exposed to some of our community, help some of the at-risk kids. You know, we've got a big heart for that. We're going to be, you know, going into those neighborhoods as well. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I keep the pressure on and we meet once a week and I keep saying, OK, what's the number? Um, you know, we're taking Nick, Nick Feeks, and now I've got right. him for our youth rugby development. And that's that's from the university all the way down to four-year-olds. And we're looking at it from, you know, the whole infrastructure across Louisiana and the Deep South of how do we get more better rugby from the time you started a four-year-old up to when you graduate from college and trying to get right. on the goal. You know, and that's some of the great benefits when you look at the more uh, traditional rugby countries like myself being born and growing up in South Africa. You know, the first time I actually uh, played rugby was as young as seven years old. And so it traveled with me throughout all of my years up to uh, university. So 
yeah, you so rightly point out is that the game, the game needs to grow with the age group, uh, gra- uh, grades, and that's really where you build the future of the game here in the U.S. So 100% behind that goal. Um, so love that story. And what I, what I find, two things I want to hit upon here that, that you know, when you said it, it just str- it struck straight to the quick for me that it's just speaking to me. Number one, the people you're getting involved, Malcolm May, is involved with youth rugby too. I mean, again, a Chicago guy, right? I'm really trying to hit on those Chicago connections between Sh- Chicago way, and Holland. We used to have this game where Rob was not allowed to say the word Chicago and he got a ding against him every time he did. He's like obliterated his record this episode. <laughs> what can I say? But, you know, Back and forth with teams in Chicago. You know, it's 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 been good. Yeah, and, and like Malcolm, you know, obviously, you know, uh, uh, as a minority, it's great to see more and more kids of color join in, in what has been seen um, as a very um, as as you know a, a game that doesn't have as many African Americans playing it. It's good to see them going into those those parishes and trying to recruit kids to to play rugby. And of course, you know Nick Feeks, a guy that we're very well connected with here in the rugby rant, doing an awesome job in development. I want to go to you know that New Orleans related question though and lighten it up a bit. Um, you know, Susie asked a question. I know uh, Karen uh, uh, Gabrosino is a big fan uh, of rugby and is looking to go down to New Orleans possibly. And, and of course, when I come down, here's what I want to know. Uh, when I come down to New Orleans, um, what are two absolute can't-miss restaurants that will satisfy the most delectable palate? Run, pass, or kick on that one. I'll run with that one. Uh, it's hard to stop it, too. <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've got some, some, some great partners. Um, you know, we, there, there's a good guy that's been working in our community with the, with that risk kids called Trinas. It's in uh it's in intercontinental hotel. Um, that's just a fabulous restaurant. And we, we've got some friends that just opened up one that's, that's going really well in New Orleans. Just got the best new restaurant called Nola key or K spelled C A Y. Um, they're getting a lot of good, uh, publicity out there now. Got some great food there. Um, well, look, Rob, when you get here, that you'll if you spend two or three days, you'll probably hit ten of the best restaurants you've ever been to. So just let me know, we'll get to. It. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. I can't wait to taste the cuisine because I love it. Yeah, that's one th- one thing we do really well down here. That and play rugby, right? Play rugby. <laughs> the obvious, right? <laughs> I like it. So. As we draw closer to to the end of our interview, uh, we've got a few moments spare. I know Rob's probably got one or two more questions uh, before we head out, but I wanted you to already start thinking about what you might want to share for the fans and with those people close to you, and we'll give you that opportunity very near the end. And if you are tuning in, make sure that you do so next week as well, where we'll be interviewing Pete Steinberg and, of course, Dan Power, that powerhouse in broadcasting in Major League Rugby, those commentators you're familiar with. They'll be joining us as a duo on the uh, Run, Pass, or Kick interview next week at 8 p.m., the usual time, the usual spot, and in the usual place. Rob, take us through to the next question. Okay, so clearly San Diego is setting the bar in regards to bringing in big names Obviously, last year they brought in Nonu. Uh, they're bringing in Rob Shaw. And, of course, just the recent announcement that Eddie Jones is going to be providing some coaching uh, support uh, on a consultancy basis. Uh, these moves are juxtaposed against some of the philosophical reasons that the Raptors pull out of the league uh, right there after COVID hit. I think it was in round about April. Run, pass, or kick. 
How have these offseason moves by the Legion been perceived by the other owners around the league? So I'll, I'll run run with it and speak primarily for me. You know, I'm a big advocate of developing American talent. And, um, you know, we've got, we went from five foreign players to 10. I think we're, we're still in kind of that stage just because we need a talent pool big enough to, to fill out the league. I think eventually I'd like to see it pulled back a little bit. Um, you, know, you know, on the bright side of it, it, it's big names coming over that are bringing attention to the league and, and making people around the world look at what we're doing. I don't think people in America necessarily recognize them so much for that benefit, but I think it is important for people around the world to see that where this league is going. And, and uh, look, to have a Rob Shaw in your camp or a Nana in your camp, you just, just can't help but make these American players better. So I'm, I'm all for it. Look, I, I was glad we got Devin Short out of the deal. So we're, we're okay. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> we debated it uh, quite a few times on the rugby rant, you know, and of course the fans themselves, it's a hot topic about, you know, how many foreign born players should we have? What, you know, and then the distinction between eligible players and then as well as, you know, all of this. So it is a hot topic, but bringing in talent, as you so rightly pointed out, like Nanya, like Rob Shore, in my mind can only be a great plus to be able to share that experience, mentorship, uh, I know Scott, who's behind the scenes producing this one for us, shares very much the same sentiment. So it's great to be able to to to, to see those those players come in. And as you so rightly pointed out, you got a great deal out of it as well with a young, talented player. What is he? Only twenty two now, I think. Yeah, twenty two, and just on rugby for a few years, but already shown so much. You know, a, a guy like Carl Meyer, you know, or, or big, right? You know, he's he's come to our community. He's just a prince of a young man. He's got a lot of you know rugby knowledge he's willing to share with the kids we're trying to develop shared inside the clubhouse so we, you know, we only benefit from those kind of experiences and those kind of people but you know we, right i don't want you know i don't want 20 20 foreigners and you know five americans we've got to keep a balance and i i think so far we've you know we fight we fight in the boardroom sometimes about this but we come to a good consensus Absolutely. So we're going to round out this interview, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. I've had a lot of fun and I hope you have too with one last question. And this is just um, more of a generic question to give our our, uh, fans of the league a little bit of an idea of of maybe what are the next steps, right? So run, pass, or kick from what we piece together. The league is placing a high priority on development programs. We talked about this a couple of questions ago. But aside from that, what are two additional areas of focus for the league during 2021 and beyond? So, it, it, you know, we've, we've got to grow the fan base. I think everybody in sports and sports business says, you know, how many how many people are you putting in your seats? You know, are you filling out your stadiums? And that, that's a challenge for all of us. And anybody listening, we've got a very affordable product that's got the, one of the greatest games in the world we're playing. Come out and see us once you do. And we've seen this in New Orleans. We get people to the stadium one time. They're coming back. So, so that's going to be a big push for us. You know, we've got to, we've got to keep working our, our, our broadcast deals. We've got to become more and more relevant in the American, U.S. and, and Canada uh, broadcast, you know, landscape. And, and we're making headway there. And, you know, I think we just got to continue to produce a, a really fun game and, and good, great family experience and, let, you know, let, let it keep moving like it is. I think we're, I think we're doing the right stuff as much as we can. We're learning, but we, we, keep, we keep working hard at this. What's a chance I see a, 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 a Drew Brees sitting in the seats when I come down in the spring? Any chance of that? You know, he, he, he likes San Diego in the spring. We'll ah. 
<laughs> I like uh, what I do like, though, is how you said, you know, you guys are doing, you know, you're doing the right thing so far as the league. And you so rightly pointed out, it's about getting bums in seats, right? You need everybody to be able to bring a friend. You need to be able to buy a ticket. You need to bring your kids. You need to be able to grow it that way. Because nine times out of 10, what I found in my experience is that when you get somebody to a game that might not necessarily have seen it before, they walk away enjoying it. I mean, it's a great product rugby uh and it's very engaging and it's just about getting it out there more often and know that it's certainly doing their part and as i'm sure you feel your organization and all the people inside it are doing their part we're going to give you the opportunity to be able to share any of your thoughts at this time with those people close to you in the organization any shout outs you want to give to friends and family the floor is yours tim i i just want to thank everybody you know from from fitz and nate to our uh, front of the house office they all work really hard they're dedicated you know, the, the league is, is, you know, we've got, you know, Mark Yates and Bill Gorin and, you know, along with George Killebrew, Bill, Bill Gorin's been great. He comes here, just, just left New Orleans after two days. He gets on the phone with us every couple of weeks. A lot of, a lot of great information and mentorship coming from there. You know, uh, the city's getting excited. You know, we, we are, we have, we have friendship with the Saints and the Pelican next door. They're, they're checking us out and see what's going on. So we'll, you never know who's going to show up. We're, we're working that relationship. You know, the state of Louisiana owns the stadium. We, they want us to be a long-term tenant in there, and they're going to help improve it and keep improving it to make it a much better rugby experience. So things are looking up down here. We're going to have fun. Brass bands for every game. Probably you know, probably do some other stuff to make it even even better experience. Hey, right. And that's the experience. I'm, I'm going to show throw a shout-out to two ladies down there in your organization that on my end from a guy up here in Chicago – um, that I just had a great experience talking to and working with Jessica uh, Falcon. I, you probably know her, uh, and uh, of course, <laughs> of course, Morgan Clay. I mean, these ladies worked their hineys off uh, to make sure that fans, even one that's 900 miles away, is satisfied and and taken care of and remains a fan. So I certainly want to appreciate what they do for you guys. Absolutely, they're they're the best. Look, um, our. our- our, our gear, our, our, our logo came from that, that little group got together at our kitchen table and we kind of designed the logo ourselves, and we're, we're pretty happy with it. And <laughs> yeah, Jessica, she's here and, you know, she's all around the world. We sent, we sent a, a, a Mardi Gras jersey to London today. So somebody wanted one in London. So we're getting it around. But uh, thank, You can thank send you. one to me if you liked him. Got it. <laughs> I never fun. missed an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we look, appreciate what you guys are doing for rugby and uh, Rob. Keep keep hammering the uh, keep keep banging the uh, Nola drum, man. We we love. It. <laughs> well, you know what, Tim, you have been a phenomenal guest, and I think that all of those that are tuned in, whether you're a Nola fan or not, and you're just a fan of rugby in general, it's wonderful to be able to have somebody like yourself who, like I said before, is so heavily entrenched in the building blocks of the league, being in the ownership circle. Uh, it's a wonderful perspective to be able to see from your point of view how the league has come so far and what might be coming in the future. We stay tuned. Uh, we are at bated breath waiting for those opportunities to hear. Uh, will it be Blewett who does actually end up returning? Will it be a new signing that uh, Rob can't say the name because it's somewhere else in the world? <laughs> what would it be? We don't know, but we'll definitely be following it here on the Rugby Rant Podcast car show and on behalf of myself ty braga rob hammerschmidt and on behalf of scott ferrara and of course we thank tim for joining us and we thank you for watching the rugby ran podcast show and we'll see you next week for pete steinberg and dan power on the 20th uh, sorry on the 30th isn't it <laughs> on the 30th at eight o'clock thank you very much Bye bye
Bye, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.